Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to GI Track Applications. And let's get started. And let's start with GI bleeding. And GI bleeding is something that CT excels at, and we see more and more patients who present with this problem. And again, how do you manage GI bleeding? Forget we're radiologists. Should you go to endoscopy, colonoscopy? What should you do? Should you do CT, nuclear medicine? What is it you should do? Well, let's talk about that. So we talk about GI bleeding, we talk about upper and lower GI bleeding. Upper GI bleeding is proximal to the ligament of trites, it's about 70% of bleeds, with a mortality rate of up to 10%. So you think about things like gastric ulcers, duodenal ulcers, tumors obviously. Lower GI bleeding is everything distal to the ligament of trites, about 30% of cases, mortality up to 3.6%. So anywhere between small bowel tumors and small bowel bleeds, angiodysplasias, and colonic processes, from diverticulitis to tumors to angiodysplasia and the like. Now when you look at CT enterography and GI bleeding, you recognize that angiodysplasia is the number one cause. Tumors, meckles, dysplasias are all up there. There have been many articles. We did one ourselves talking about uh, CT for GI bleeding that indeed was excellent. Steiner wrote an article talking about how it's so important to the angiographer. Using imaging multiplanar with MIP to pick up sites of bleeding and it's important for the um, interventional radiologist because it allows you whether or not to decide you should go in and embolize. If the CTA is negative the angio is going to be negative, so you don't go bother doing the angio. And in his article, they spoke about a CTA is better than DSA. Now, if you look at it, the technique is everything. Fast injections, thin acquisitions, and again, post-processing, everything we spoke about in part one of this series. But you can look at this example, and you quickly look at the patient's duodenum. Perhaps you recognize the high-density structures, and you don't walk by them. And surely, if you looked at the coronals, you see multiple high-density structures, which you should not walk by. And when you look at them a little bit more carefully, and you flip this from coronal to MIP, now you see the extent of these areas of high density, and you recognize what you're dealing with is multiple abnormal vessels, and you're dealing with basically a angiodysplasia. And if you look at this, it's so obvious on those MIP images, but look at that MIP and compare it to the coronal. I think you do see some stuff on the coronal, but it's sure easy to miss, and on the MIP, you're not going to miss it. We talk about this case, active bleed, the patient has uh, ascites, myelodilated bowel, but look at that area dead center in the middle of high density, that's an active bleed. We talk about tumors that bleed, patient with GI bleeding, and we picked up this two centimeter gist tumor within the duodenum. You see the prominent vessels, beautifully shown on the MIP imaging. On the right, you see the volume rendering. And here's a few more MIP images. This case very nicely shows you the importance of fast injections, also the importance of using MIP imaging, particularly sliding MIPs, to be able to pick up any of these vascular lesions, which can be very easy to miss. Or this case, 20-year-old abdominal pain GI bleed, you see a high-density structure, which is an artifact. That's a uh, scope. That's one of those uh, scopes looking for a site of bleeding. It found none. But if you look carefully at these images, you begin to recognize in the right lower quadrant 
there's a tubular structure which I've now circled for you and in fact it's high density and when you look at it it's a blind sack and there it is again very nicely shown and you do a technesium study just because they wanted to prove it this ended up being a Meckel's diverticulum Meckel's which are usually in pediatric patients can occur in older patients can be difficult to diagnose can be confused with appendicitis or bowel obstruction can also bleed Meckel's is something that's hard to recognize on CT mainly because we don't think about it it's the most common anomaly of the GI tract and it's two percent of the population I don't think you see that many right 60 within 60 cm of the ileocecal valve and about 6 cm in length they can contain in more than half the cases ectopic gastric mucosa and technesium 99m per technicate scan is usually the study of choice okay what else ischemia infarction be it arterial or be it venous arterial occlusion due to atherosclerosis or embolic phenomena trauma or venous due to venous thrombosis, portal hypertension, or estrogen use. Now we talk about the signs of obstruction and ischemia on CT. The problem is early ischemia can have a normal scan. To say you see luminal dilatation, that's very common for many things. Bowel wall thickening, veins dilated, edema in the fat, intramural gas, well, then you're really thinking of ischemia, or portal vein and mesenteric venous gas again ischemia so there's a spectrum of things we need to make certain we look carefully at the vessels and so here's just an example of a sagittal view you always need to fear the sagittal and here you see very nicely the plaque at the origin of the celiac and the plaque calcified and non-calcified in the patient's SMA and the plaque and the thrombus in the patient's abdominal aorta sagittal views are super critical you need to look at the sagittal view on every case now what's also very important is when you're looking for ischemia or you're looking for pathology in general and it may be ischemia is in differential you look at the SMA it's an entirety now in this case I'm showing you because I have a perfect angle the SMA occluded okay it's really occluded and the occlusion actually extends right into the aortic lumen which you can see nicely on the sagittal view there's nothing very tricky here big thrombus SMA occlusion there it is on the MIP imaging no problem at all but it's not always that simple now sometimes you don't see occlusion but the vessels are small this patient comes in hypotensive they're worried about ischemia when I look at the size of a celiac and SMA I don't see occlusion but I know when the vessels are that small that patient is going to have diminished flow be hypotensive and the patient may be developing ischemic bowel we know the bowel should enhance so this case looks like non-contrast when I show you the first image but then you look carefully and maybe there's pneumatosis bowel is distended and fluid filled but it sure is not enhancing and then you look at the sagittal views and you could see proximally the SMA is beautiful more distally it's occluded and very important thing is people tend to look at the SMA proximally don't look at it in its entirety and look at the, the beautiful occlusion patient went to uh, the uh, the uh, surgical uh, suite they removed the thrombus and here's the patient a week later so again this patient had no bowel resected the thrombus was removed uh, just a beautiful example or this case same thing look how good the uh, SMA looks proximally origin more distally and then boom there's occlusion 
bowel walls thickened, but when they took the clot out, the patient's bowel looked pretty good. They waited around for half an hour, bowel was looking like it had good flow, and so the patient uh, did not have bowel resection. This patient was very lucky. It's the early diagnosis, or in this case, the timely diagnosis, that became critical. But you can see we tend to look, particularly on the axial views, at the proximal aspect of the SMA. If you're only looking at the proximal aspect, you are going to miss the thrombus, which is more distal. And I've seen this for legal cases. Here was a case. You look quickly at the SMA. It looks good. They read this as negative. When you look more carefully distally, you can see thrombus of the distal SMA. If they would have looked at the sagittal views, you can obviously see the occlusion. It is so easy to see, but in the axials, it's so hard. This case also shows you that except for the calcified plaque at the origin of the SMA, the vessel looked pretty good, and so you really did not have a high level, perhaps, of suspicion, and you should have. Very important, look at the vessel in its entirety. Another example, vague abdominal pain. They thought stone disease, there was none. There's some stranding around the pancreas. Here's the images. There's a dissection present in the patient's SMA. Very nicely shown. So again, it could be vasculitis, could be a number of different causes, but there's SMA dissection present. And in this patient, there's SMA dissection, and there's also beating of the vessels distally, some of the distal ileal vessels. And this patient, uh, you can think of possibilities from Lois Dietz, perhaps the Elos Danlos would be a good thought, to Lois Dietz syndrome. So again, very, very important. Jung wrote this article talking about spontaneous dissections of the splanking vessels, which seem to occur more commonly these days. Again, the importance of conservative management. People used to put stents in. That's not what you really want to do. And makes the point that although surgery should be considered first, conservative management may work out very well. So again, it's this balance, and I think we're learning a lot about it. As you look at an aging population, uh, the answer is you're going to see a lot more of these cases. So again, routinely do the study correctly, interpret it correctly. The importance of protocols, the importance of looking at the sagittal views and following the vessel in its entirety becomes very critical. And that's kind of my conclusion for the talk. The importance of CT, of the GI tract, CT angiography plays a major role, whether it's going to be in vascular, like SMA syndrome or ischemia, whether it's going to be for GI bleeding, whether it's going to be for tumor detection, all of these become very important. Patient triage and management is very important. And again, the quality of the studies, thin sections, fast acquisition, good post-processing are all critical if you're going to make the process work. So with that, I think I'll stop there. I'll thank you for your attention. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.